When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome to another episode of AMA. I'm your host, Tom Bilyeu, and I'm going to be taking your questions. By the way, if you ever want to get one of your questions answered, all you need to do is submit them to AMA at impacttheory.com. That's AMA at impacttheory.com. Finally separating that out into its own email account. All right. Without further ado, let us dive into the questions. This is from Nikki. Hey Tom, recently I feel like I've hit rock bottom mentally. I've always struggled with self-confidence and the feeling of being worthy. I finished my degree as a teacher as one of the best in my year while still pursuing my passion for music, recording an album, playing shows on weekends, etc. Instead of being proud of the things I've accomplished, I recently started to feel pretty burned out and find that making music doesn't make me happy anymore as it's just more and more frustrating. I know that quality-wise, I play on a pretty high level. However, I feel like a failure and like everyone else in the business is worthier than me. It starts to eat me up recently at the point, up to the point that I was wondering if I'm really an artist or just an idiot. Any ideas on what is wrong with my perspective and what I could do to stop slipping into depression and a feeling of being constantly burned out? Yes. And this is something that um, I didn't see coming when I started all of this, doing uh, Q&As. I didn't see how many people are really in need of falling in love with what they're doing, falling in love with themselves, how many people struggle with this. So first of all, all the people that you um, feel are worthier than you, I just promise you that the vast majority of them feel the same way you do because the metric that you're using to judge yourself is, is a very disempowering metric. And so what you're doing is saying, worldly, how am I successful? Compared to others, how am I successful? Instead of saying, do I fucking love playing the music or not? And why do I want to get good at this? What am I trying to do? Who am I trying to impact? Impact, not impress, not the amount of money that you want to make. You've got to fucking fall in love with what you're doing. And this is like, we're, it's a fucking pandemic. People are not enjoying what they're doing. First of all, if you're burned out, take time off. Like I, it really drives me nuts that people look at me as Captain Grind. And I'm telling you right now, the thing that you should look at me as is Captain Love What You Do. I love what I do. And the whole story that I tell people about when I went in and for six and a half years, I was just grinding it out. I was just chasing money, which you can insert as success. I was just chasing success. I had a weird fucking metric that I was judging everything by and I was chasing that. It just so happens that the metric was money. But that metric could have been anything other than how it made me feel, whether or not that I loved it. Now. When you're doing that, everything just chips away at you. It grinds away at you because every second that you're spending doing that, you're not spending something that fills you up and makes you feel good. There are things in this world that will make you just feel intrinsically good. And I know I sound probably agitated right now would be a fair word to use, but this is, this is me loving people. This is me wanting to see 
you guys happy and scratch that. This is me wanting to see you guys fight through a river of shit to find fulfillment. Because at the end of the day, that is going to serve you. Now, when you take the time to fall in love with music or to stop doing music, which by the way would be fine, but if you're stopping music because you feel like an idiot, that is a judgment that you're placing on yourself based on this external metric, which actually has nothing to do with whether or not you love it. It has nothing to do with whether or not you can serve other people with it, have impact. Like if you stop playing a song in the hopes that it will make you successful or as good as somebody else and start thinking about playing a song because it's going to make somebody feel something and you can take them on this emotional journey and you can make them feel alive and for a second they're engaged with something that they're totally lost in. They're just in that piece of music and everything else, all of their worries, all of their obsessions, they all fall away and you've created this moment for them that is extraordinary. It's transcendent. It's beautiful. It is one of those things that makes us feel alive and you have the ability to create that for somebody, not because you're good at music, but because you've taken the time to express something that they can feel. The metrics that we judge ourselves by matter. The things that we obsessively think about matter. And the things that we decide we're going to judge ourselves by and the things that we obsessively think about, they are ultimately choices and you can control them. But you have to take control of that shit. You have to look at the world and say there's a fucking pandemic of people that are literally beating themselves to death over being a teacher, playing music. Two, two of the most beautiful gifts that anyone could ever give humanity and they're beating themselves up because somebody plays better music or somebody is a better teacher. Fall in love with the things that you enjoy. Do them because they bring you joy and they make you feel alive. And that should be the metric, getting lost in the music because you enjoy it or getting lost in the music because you want to share something with people and you want to touch them and just bring a little bit of beauty into their life. Even a sad song can bring some beauty into the world. So focusing on that and putting your time and attention on that and music is just a stand-in. It's just a stand-in for whatever it is your thing, that thing that you once loved doing and now you're burning out. And on burnout, when you need time off, take it off, go play, go have fun, go remind yourself of what it means to be alive. There are things that will fill you up. They will energize you. What are those things? Go find those things. Don't worry about if the world values it or the world ju um, judges you for it or thinks it's cool. Just, just do it because it's fucking fun. Period. End of story. Like that's it. And my life is a reflection of that. I'm just going really hard for the things that I love and I only do them as long as they're filling me up. This weekend, I absolutely took time for myself and for a moment, I just completely shut off my ambition and it was wonderful and I loved it and I didn't judge myself for it. It just was exactly what I needed. So make sure that you're taking the time to do that kind of stuff so you can love again this beautiful thing that you're able to give to people. Aliena Kelly. 
Hi, Tom. I was not brave enough to come ask you this at the Powerful You conference this last weekend. I had, I made many breakthroughs, but as you know, it's a process. This is my question. How do you reconnect with somebody who is scared to do so because they are afraid you will shut down again and slip back into your old bad habits? My husband and I are separated partially because I completely shut down and refused to deal with my emotions for a very long time. I'm committed to showing up and owning what I've done but how do I get him to believe it's not just a phase and I'm 100% all in? I love this question. All right, so this is one of the beautiful things because there is a behavior that is going to be predictable in this from your husband. Now, many people, what they do when they get in a situation like this, they're gonna test the shit out of you because he needs to know if this is a phase or if you're 100% all in. So you've gotta be ready for that. Now, what's gonna happen is you're going to be vulnerable, you're going to expose yourself, and he's going to do something that emotionally kicks the shit out of you. And in that moment, you're gonna have to decide whether you push forward or you back off. Now, because you know that that is a very likely outcome, that that is where most people start, the grace that you're going to be able to offer in this situation is you're not going to back off when he pushes back. And you're going to keep coming forward to let him know that you are sincere and he's going to do things to try to test you because he's hurt, he's scared, and he's lashing out. And so my whole thing is if behavior is predictable, it shouldn't be upsetting. So we know that this is a very likely outcome. Now maybe, just maybe, your husband is able to rise above that and to not get sucked into petty behavior. but. If he is, don't be surprised, don't judge him. It's just a natural reaction that people have. So you're going to keep stepping forward, not in a crazy obsessive way, but you're gonna keep stepping forward and letting him know that you're there. Letting him know that you understand that he needs to push back, that, um, that you, uh, this is a dangerous word, but that you deserve his fear, for lack of a better word. That you understand that you created that in him through your past actions. And that consistency is going to be the only thing that's gonna show him that you're past that. And so you're gonna have to show that it isn't just a phase by being there and being there and being there and being there in the moments that he pushes back. Now, advanced class, unfortunately, there's gonna have to be a balance point and there is gonna have to be communication around, like he can't just push back forever and test you forever. He's gotta be prepared to get over that and so you're gonna have to have that conversation but leading with that conversation is only going to put his defenses up and is not going to be an effective way to get on the other side of that. So I think this is gonna be a give and take in the beginning you're gonna to have to show up, you're gonna to have to be consistent, you're gonna to have to accept that he's gonna push back a little bit. And then after a while, you're gonna to wanna to begin to broach the subject of, hey, for this to really be a relationship again, for me to show you that I've made progress is for you to engage. And yes, that means that he is also gonna to have to be vulnerable. He is gonna to have to be prepared to open himself up like that. And if he's not prepared, to open himself up and be vulnerable, then ultimately you guys are never gonna be able to repair the damage. But I'm very hopeful and optimistic. I think that when you um, show up for somebody and you show up for them again and again, that you really can get past that. But as a quick side note, obviously don't let this turn into abuse. Don't let this become something where he's punishing you relentlessly um, because that just will get unhealthy super, super fast. All right, anonymous. I'm a hustler working full-time as a marketing manager and have a side hustle that's growing. Nobody in my family is really like me 
As I don't have kids, I'm often the one asked to borrow money from my older brothers and sisters, even my dad, and most often I say yes because I feel bad. Recently, I said no to one of my family members because I know it's going to take me off track to achieving my goals that I want by December 2018. I want to be really successful and have the life of my dreams because I know this is possible, but I feel like when I get there, some of my family will think it's even more fine to ask to borrow more money. Uh, It actually really worries me because what can I say or do to stop feeling guilty and striving for more without feeling like they're going to ask me for money simply because they will see that I have it in the future. Okay, so the reality is the more money you make, the more people that are going to come come to you with their hands out. And one, again, whenever behavior is predictable, it shouldn't be upsetting. So you're gonna wanna make sure that you're bracing yourself for that and to meet this with compassion, which does not mean that you're going to say yes to everybody. I don't think that's the right way forward. What I would do is I would allocate some amount of money that you want to give to your family. And I would take the requests on a case-by-case basis and decide what things that you want to give money to. And you have to understand that you're going to have to set boundaries, that people are going to treat you the way that you let them treat you, and that if you just keep giving money, they're going to keep asking for money, Um, and that depending on the person, some people are extraordinarily sensitive to this, and they won't overreach, and they'll only really ask if something's really dire, but there are gonna be other people that are going to ask and ask and ask, and so it is absolutely okay as long as you're being kind and compassionate to say no. So I certainly um, have said no to many requests in my life and it's never easy and it's always super awkward. Um, But, you know, being honest with people, being kind is the only way through this. And so having a policy about how you either give money or lend money or whatever um, may help you assuage some of that guilt so that you're not having to make a new decision every time that you can just say, even if it's only to yourself, you know, this is the amount of money that I'm willing to give and that just isn't something that I'm prepared to contribute to um, and letting them know that. So it is very okay to have your own goals. It is very okay to say no and make sure that you're saving towards those goals. And I would just tell people that, look, I have goals that I'm trying to attain that require me to save right now. And then of course, if it's your close family and they're in a position of starving and don't let that happen. And that was always what I told my family in the beginning when I was really struggling with, um, you know, trying to build a war chest. It was a look, you're never going to have to worry about going hungry or not having a roof over your head or anything like that. Um, But there are things that I need to save up for in order to do the things that I want to accomplish. So that's how I would handle it. That's how I did handle it. All right, Justin Morin. Tom, what's your time management strategy in terms of splitting up your learning time like reading books, audible, listening to podcasts, etc., with the time you spend actually operating and running your business? I realize that learning has been the foundation for you to be able to run a successful business, but now that you're actually able to do that, how do you split up that time? Okay, so first of all, I think that the second somebody feels like they have it, they've got all the skills that they need, they are already dead. So when you stagnate intellectually, the world is gonna pass you by, this world is changing so fast. Like, I, wanna, I, want, I want people to really know this about me because this quote haunts me more than I can tell you. I once read, genius is a young man's game. And that is one of those things that terrified me to my core because youth evaporates so rapidly, it happens in the blink of an eye. And I was not prepared to have the early part of my life, the only part of my life where I was capable of really original thought, thinking outside the box, disrupting things, that just was not okay for me. And so what I had to learn to do was 
always be learning, always be learning and taking in new information, always having an open mind, actively looking for the ways in which I'm wrong because my current skill set has only taken or has already taken me as far as it's going to take me and if I want to go further then I'm going to have to learn something new. Now, having said that, I still spend the overwhelming amount of my time in doing. Now, that is because and I'm going to say probably 90% of my time, maybe 95% of my time is doing. Whereas the like pure learning is 5 to 10%. But that's because the doing is the most like information rich data stream ever. And so even when you're making mistakes and you're falling on your face, it is actively teaching you something. And there's no, no greater teacher than doing shit. So you want to get out there, you want to do. So it's really a false dichotomy to say that sometimes I'm doing and sometimes I'm learning. The reality is that by doing you are learning. But since you asked specifically for things like reading books and Audible and all that, that's 5 to 10% of my time. Uh, and the rest is just applying that. And I'm always trying to apply what I'm learning. And that's the easiest way to make it stick so that what you learn you actually keep. And I think that's a, a big part of it. So get out there and do. Don't be paralyzed. Don't worry. You are like I bet secretly you're worried you're a buffoon. You're not that bright. It's true. You're a buffoon. You're not that bright. Yay! The way that you're going to stop being a buffoon and start getting really bright is by going out and doing. So don't be afraid to make mistakes. My superpower was I was never afraid to embarrass myself. Yay! All right, Caroline Hobby. That seems like it's Hobby or Hobie. I'm 29, currently unemployed, have studied and worked in rather non-challenging places and feel like I have no skills to offer. I never really quite knew what I want to be doing and now at my age I'm not sure if I should just go look for a new job that I hopefully like and is more demanding, go back to studying something new or focus on becoming an entrepreneur which I want to be doing anyway at some point but I'm not sure what right now. Any advice for someone who's going round in circles in order to find direction in life but seems to end up nowhere? Yes! I have a really good answer for this. This is going to be super powerful. All right, here you go. Don't quit your job. Don't worry about going back to school. Do not start another business. The most powerful thing you could do right now is for the next 90 days, 90 days, love your job. Do whatever you have to do to love your job. That's it. Find a way to make it challenging. How could that be? There are a thousand ways to make it challenging. You could go in and maybe the work itself is boring, dull and repetitive. Okay, find a way to automate it. Find a way to get the same amount done in two hours in the day and then spend the other six hours helping somebody else in the company with their tasks or multiple other people with their tasks and build that community and really go around and say for the next 90 days, I'm going to get so efficient at my job that I can actually go help other people do their job. Do you know how many people you could stoke out by doing that? And like. A, that's going to be really hard to do to really be effective and systematize your job and go help other people and touch uh, lives in a positive way and begin to build a community within your organization. I'm going to guess that one of the reasons that your job isn't um, filling you up is that the community itself is not very good, that there isn't camaraderie, there isn't trust, there isn't friendship. So you want to talk about something challenging? Go try to build a core group of people in that company in the next 90 days that really bond, connect with each other and have each other's back. You have 90 days to pull it off. At day 89? Those people need to be willing to go to the mat for each other. That would be hard as hell. And I promise, if you're able to pull that off, the life skills that you would have to figure that out, to put that together, what you would show yourself about fulfillment and what really matters at a job, then you can go anywhere. Also, if you get fired while you're trying to do this, that would be so powerful. The things that you would learn 
by really trying to add value to the company and add value to other people and see what you can get away with, what you can't, because you know that your motives are pure. And so suddenly you're going to be willing to take risks if in that 90-day period you're just like, fuck it. My job for the next 90 days is to love going to this place. Now, if you're not a sociopath, to really fall in love with your job, you're going to need to fall in love with the people. You're going to need to connect. There's going to need to be trust. All of that. Dude, I'm like super stoked on this like exercise right now. Anybody out there that hates their life, hates their job, wants to leave before you do, while it doesn't matter, you no longer care. You're willing to leave, you're willing to start a new business, you're willing to try anything. Just take the next 90 days and find out, come hell or high water, how you turn that place into something beautiful. Now, the world may resist you so hard, but you will learn something powerful. And if you hold yourself to 90 days, for 90 days, relentlessly, try to add value, to bring beauty, to do your job faster, more efficient. The amount that you will learn about yourself and the way the world works, because I don't think people understand just how much they can get away with when their intentions are really pure and they're really trying to do something beautiful for people, it's pretty crazy. And it will remind you that you're always in control. There's always something else you could try. I really hope somebody does this. And if you do it, I want to hear about it. DM your boy, Instagram, at Tom Bilyeu. Pratik Renews. I'm 25 years old and have a good job. Side hustle business too, which I'm soon going to turn into a full-time business and eventually quit my job to focus on the business. In short, my career and finances are on track. What sucks is my love life. My brother's What bothers me is the time it would take away from my focus over business. If on one hand, I dream of making a million dollar business and on the other, if I put in my weekends partying and trying to meet new women, how would it work out eventually? How did you manage both, i.e. build a business and find an amazing partner? All right, I'm probably the worst person to follow because man, did I just capitalize on a wonderful situation that I was in. So I happened to be teaching at a school for adults that attracted people from all over the world that happened to share my interest, filmmaking. And so these incredible people at this wonderful moment in their life where they were either trying to make a change, they were fresh out of school, they wanted to you know, really find a way to tell compelling stories, they were chasing their passion, a lot of them had tried something else and they were rejecting it and finally doing what they loved. So it was like my kind of people in an area that I really care deeply about at this wonderful moment in their life and it was bringing people in from all over the world. So it wasn't like, oh, I was only going to meet women that were at my local bar. So um, that was, I'm going to use the L word. That was an extraordinary amount of luck and as they say, luck is like a bus and there's another one coming all the time but do you have the fare to get on? So I had to do the hard work of being the kind of person that somebody would want to be with which actually for me took some serious effort because I was horrific with women in my teens and early 20s. Um, So, But I did the work. And so because I did the work, I finally had the fare to get on the bus and when the woman who had become my wife happened to come into that school, I was able to make an impression and we fell in love and all was wonderful. Um, But that is, that's sort of a tale of luck. If that didn't happen to me, what I would do is I would definitely start online 
And I would start online because that's gonna be the way that you're gonna get the most people through the system. And I fully understand, because I think you need to meet a lot of people. I fully understand that there is a very weird culture developing on um, apps and things like that, hookup culture and all that. But I think that you like will attract like. So if you put yourself out there, say what you're all about, and then allocate a certain percentage of your week to that. However much you want, whatever feels good. Now here's the really bad news. I'm not, I don't need to be in a relationship. Now I think relationships are wonderful and they're insanely um, beautiful when done right, fulfilling even. Um, I think everybody that listens to me knows that my wife is my highest priority, far more than the business. I would burn the business to the fucking ground if that's what I had to do um, in order to maintain my marriage. And I've just lived up to that too many times uh, to think that that's just rhetoric. That is the truth of my existence. Now, having said all of that though, I don't need to be in a relationship and I'm very okay by myself. So if I were single right now, the honest answer is I wouldn't date at all. I would just focus on the business. But that's because the business gives me a lot of that fulfillment. And then if somebody happened to come across my path and just as I do now, I would manage that, but I, um, I'm definitely not like a high maintenance partner. I don't need an abundance of time, um, but I am saying that from the very fortunate position, not fortunate because this was very intentional, but my wife and I obviously work together and that helps a tremendous amount to have similar goals, to be pointed in the same direction, to understand each other's worlds intimately, to be able to see each other shine in those worlds. Um, so yeah. I would say relationships aren't necessarily a must, but if you want a relationship, you're gonna have to carve out time for it. So thank you for letting me process out loud because I haven't had to deal with this, but that's my final answer. So there you go. Carve out the amount of time that you need. Um, if If it is really important to you, then don't worry if that slows down your success. It's important to you and get the things in your life that are important. So making a bunch of money is not the end all be all. Fulfillment, finding things that you love, being passionate, being connected. If that's your juice, then go for the squeeze. All right. Rabin Rye, Rabin Rye. I have keen passion on being the best motivational speaker. I've been raised by listening to your motivational videos and audios. Now I want to move forward and be a motivational speaker like you. Therefore, I would be grateful to you if you suggest how to start and what should I do to become a motivational speaker. All right, there's really two things. So I'll get the easy one out of the way first. Um, Just you're gonna have to speak a lot. You're gonna have to practice and practice and practice and practice. I cannot emphasize enough just how much speaking you're gonna have to do. Uh, To give you an idea, I've been training as a speaker. Um, You could go all the way back to when I was 12, but I'm gonna push it forward and say certainly since I was 14. Um, From the day that I started high school, I was actively pursuing comedy and I was doing basically impromptu stand-up comedy routines an hour a day, five days a week. And then I was always trying to make my family and friends laugh so you could extend that on even more every day. Um, I used to stand in front of the mirror, uh, practice you know, doing routines in front of the mirror. Wow, that's really embarrassing to say out loud. But it is actually true. And then I did speech and debate. And so I was doing that both at the state and national level. And so I just put a lot of time into it. So that's part one. That's the easy part. Now the hard part is, Don't be a motivational speaker. Go learn to do something else. Get so extraordinary that people simply cannot deny you. In doing all of that, you're going to learn the things on which your philosophy is based on because motivation shouldn't be empty hype. It should really be some shit that you have learned and you are so passionate to help other people learn it 
that you would give up just about anything to make that a reality. That's where my power comes from. I spent nearly 20 years building businesses and in that time have encountered every foible in myself, every insecurity, every pettiness, every difficulty, every stupidity. I've seen other people go through horrendous things and had to try to help build them up. I've had to be invisible in the background for well over a decade just trying to build shit and figure things out and in trying to get those puzzles together, I learned an unimaginable amount of information and I spent decades reading and researching about the brain to try to get over my own insecurities and all of that. And then after that, in my 40s, then I started quote unquote being a motivational speaker, which I absolutely fucking hate that term because if all I ever do is motivate people, I will consider it all a waste of time. I'm not looking to do spiritual entertainment. I'm looking to help you change your mindset to the point where you go acquire skills that have utility and mean something to you that allow you to serve not only yourself, but other people and actually morph this world and your life into what you want them to be. That, pulling people out of the matrix, that is the mission of my life. So I do not consider myself a motivational speaker and I think every ounce of power that I have comes from not being a motivational speaker but instead having garnered a set of really powerful skills. And since those skills are useful, I can talk about those skills. So that's always my advice to people. Go pursue something else. The easiest way to say it is a lot of people want to write a book but they don't spend the time figuring out and learning that thing that they want to write the book about. So don't make the book about motivation. Make the book about brain science. Make the book about um, psychology. All things which will aid you in motivating people. There is no doubt, but go learn the underlying thing or one of 100,000 other things you could be pursuing. All right, last question. Peter Saraganian. Yeah, Peter Saraganian. Do you have any hacks for believing that the change is going to be worth it? or for putting yourself in a position where you feel the pain of not changing is worth in the pain of the fear of change. These, these kinds of questions are so interesting to me. So you have the self-awareness. You know what you need to be doing, but it's actually doing it. So all of this comes down to identity. So you need to be rewarding yourself for staying true to who you want to be, who you want to become. Telling people what kind of person you want to become, what kind of person you are is going to create this thing called congruence where because you said it, you want to live up to it and because you're rewarding yourself when you do live up to it and when you act in accordance with that, that feels good and because you punish yourself when it doesn't, when you don't live up to it and that feels lame, you're not whipping yourself or anything crazy and you're not doing some negative downward spiral that tears yourself apart, that would be a stupid waste of time. Instead, you're finding that balance. 80% of the time, you're talking about how amazing you are, you're earning credibility with yourself, you're looking at all the things that are good, that are beautiful, that you're helping bring into the world. 20% of the time and never more, not under any circumstance, you're looking at the negative things, the places that you're falling, you're failing. If you learn to do that, the reward and punishment, you do it in a balance that doesn't destroy you but builds you up, then all of a sudden it becomes really easy to stick to it because you want to be that person. You want to feel those things. You want to be capable of those things. And this is, this is the one that I think people really miss. Skills have utility. Now, what do I mean by that? The thing that makes life cool is you can do shit. You can build a house. You can run fast. You can jump a car. You can um, touch somebody's life. You can make somebody's problems go away. You can build buildings. You can move mountains, whatever. Real things. 
Real things in life. You have a set of skills that let you do real things. They let you write a book. They let you read a book. They let you make a movie. They let you swim fast. They let you give a great massage. They let you be a great conversationalist. They let you um, save a child who otherwise just wouldn't know love. I, this is the point. This is why you go get skills. They let you do things. But somewhere along the line, skills became about resumes. They became about checking boxes. And they stopped being about the kid that you help. And the joy of your life is going to be where you get back to that. That you're acquiring these skills because they let you do something that means something to you. That fill you with joy. They fill you with fulfillment. And when you get to that, you want that. That shit is like a drug, man. And then nobody's going to have to push you for it because you've gotten good at the reward and punishment. You know what you're building towards. All this, these skills that you're working so hard to acquire, they actually let you do something. And that something lights you on fire. And whatever that something is, it can be totally unique to you. It does not have to be saving a child. It could be whatever. It could be flying drones. It could be playing video games. But it lets you do something that really amps you up. The moral of today's AMA, boys and girls, is fall in love with the shit you do. Fall in love with the things that you do. Fall in love with things you do. Reconnect with that. Reconnect with the joy of doing something that means something to you. Meaning, purpose. That's the juice. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And by the way, if this is adding value, tell people about it. Share, please, if you would. That would mean the absolute world to me. Even rating and reviewing this, if you're just a straight up podcast listener, would mean the absolute world. Um, it helps more than you know to do that. So thank you guys so much. I always appreciate your time, your attention, your questions. They're absolutely amazing. All right, until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.